All right. It's great to talk to you, dude. Yeah, man. It's been ages, man. Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. But again, I, to, to be honest, even though I haven't spoken to you directly, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying your, you know, current stretch of being a, a, a guest on PCL. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I know. It's so much fun. I, I feel like I've been on a lot lately. It's always, uh, always a fucking blast talking with those guys. I always have so many laughs. Yeah. 100% like literally it's it's one of like my favorite things about the community that they've built in it like everyone that comes on kind of just fits just right in with what they do and you know you always get interested opinions the jokes just flow and it's just it's just fun and it's like again just listening to friends in it so it's always <laughs> always entertaining hell yeah dude um it, it is quite a community uh I'm looking forward to the the C2E2 meetup this year it's just uh I think only two weeks away at this point. I, I think I saw online that you weren't going to be able to make it this year. I was bummed to see that, but I uh, totally get it. So, so as I, I think I overestimated how much things were going to cost it being a summer time because, like, when I when it was like in February last time, I think the whole trip was only maybe like a thousand pounds. This time around, it was going to be like nearly pushing like free. So it was a lot of guap and. Um, I meant to be um, buying a house, and uh, that's not been finalized yet. So, again, I'm just kind of like, well, it's 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 right now. It's it's better just to hold off. Yeah, that totally makes sense. You know, I mean, the timing has to be right, especially. I mean, for an international trip, that's huge. I mean, I, I have I have trouble making it work for just one day, and it's only like three and a half, four hours away for me. <laughs> it's so. I, I mean, I totally get it. It's it's tough. But um, I'm hoping you know, find a way to do it in the future, where it just it just works out in it. Yeah, yeah, I'm, and, and I'm sure it will. And hopefully, this inflation shit that's going on right now is is gonna level out and and settle back down, and things can get back to reasonable prices. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. <laughs> like, I can't believe how stupid expensive things have gotten. It's it's just like, what the fuck is going on here? It's ridiculous, man. And the thing is, yeah, like, I understand inflation happens, but they're just taking a piss now. Like, if the government wanted to, they could step in and make sure that, you know, so, so, so basically for us over here, um, we were in the European Union, innit? so we were protected against certain things. Um, and one of the things that we were protected against, in a sense, was that we were protected that electronic, uh, electronic energy companies, in a sense, could only raise their prices by, you know, maybe, let's say, a maximum of 5% um, over a period of time. And then obviously, when we left, uh, Brexit happened, we um, lost that protection. So all the energy companies were like, oh, okay, all right, cool. So now we can literally charge whatever we want. And that is pretty much what they've been doing. And um, in the last year, they've hiked up the prices like three or four times by nearly like, I don't know, 30% ago. So it's been a bit shit, but it is what it is. Oh, man. I, I don't know near enough about like UK politics and, and the full implications of Brexit. And, you know, I I see or I, saw, I remember seeing the headlines and, and kind of understanding that it felt like it from... A, a lot of the points of view, it, it seemed like it wasn't a really good idea, and it seemed like it was more of like the 
don't know if you you guys can have a like a left and a right going on over there too, right? Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't think it's. I don't really understand the whole left and a right thing. If I'm being brutally honest. <laughs> well, with an, with America, it seems like the 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 far right is like very conservative values, quote unquote, and and it's also wrapped up with like the you know hyper freedom, don't tell me what to do crowd, the the ultra uh, uh, religious people that, you know, would like to see more laws based on stuff in the Bible. It's kind of all that wrapped up in the one and the left is more liberal, you know, where it's the people like, you know, gay marriage, trans rights, um, uh, being more inclusive. uh, And so it's in America, it's this tremendous divide. And since it's only us or them, or, you know, conservative or liberal or red or blue or whatever, it just makes it really, really difficult because it's like to be brutally or to be, to be totally honest, like the far extremes on both sides freak the fuck out of me. And it's like, they got to find some sort of middle ground where everybody can work together because just deadlocking shit and then ramming, you know, horrific things through is fucking terrible. And man, we've seen a lot of dark shit like that in America recently. And it's just, really really kind of freaky and and i hope cooler heads are able to prevail and 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 people are able to come back into some sort of balance but there's just such crazy polarization right now so not in well i guess it is however i say this is going to be bad but it's going to take like maybe another generation or two where like a lot of people that you know, were alive during a time where things were proper fucked up, like with like slavery and all the homophobia and shit, to like, in a sense, die before it, it, it kind of gets weeded out a bit more. Yeah, that that totally makes sense. And it feels like with each subsequent generation, you know, they're a little bit further away from that stuff. But yeah. so many yeah. of those ideas and, and behaviors and stuff are 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 taught. And so, you know, if you're growing up around it. Yeah, it's it's hard to, like, you know, break free of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we, we should probably just keep this going if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, man. <laughs> if you, I can do, like, a proper intro if you want. Otherwise, I'll just throw something at the beginning. Oh, Your call. It is up to you, man. Do that. <laughs> you want to do it. Like, to be honest, yeah, because I've been on before... I assumed that was it. It was a one and done. I didn't know you could be on the start cast more than once. So <laughs> I must be on like time ago, man. Yeah, dude. I mean, have I had you on before? I feel like this is the first time I had you on. But it's like at this point, I've been doing this for over five years. And so <laughs> I have to look through. It's terrible. I'm very certain I was on because I wanted to make sure that um, I had finished I Become Death before I came on. Okay, right on. Well, well, yeah. So anyway, hello and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark, and today I'm talking with good friend Nana Pratt. <laughs> so there we go. We got that intro out of the way. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm fairly confident that I've been on before, and um, it was after I got your book, and uh, I wanted to make sure that I'd finished reading your book before I came on so that I could actually talk to you about your book. <laughs> that's too kind thank you so much <laughs> and i feel terrible that i'm like i have no recollection <laughs> so good so good oh shit dude i i tell you but it's like um 
uh, you know, some days you get so busy with work and stuff like that. And it's, it, it it's wild when you get, you know, there was a, a period of time there where my, the job I was doing was just so crazy stressful that it, it was wild trying to balance everything. And whew, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad the the new position I have is, is, allows me to be so much more like myself and, and not so stressed out. So anyway, um, fantastic to have you on. Um, I, the last time that I'm sure we spoke, uh, like face to face and the only time was at C2E2 in 2020. And that was just a delight to get to see you there and to, and to hang out. It, 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 it was surreal because I believe, I want to say the first one that like, you know, like Dan West went to was like in like 2018. And when I saw the pictures, I was just like, I am so jealous. Like, you got to meet so many people that, like, I only ever, like, speak to or hear of online. So I was just like, one of these years, I am going to make the trip to C2E2. And, um, yeah, just made it happen. And it was a wonderful experience. Um, the, the Comic-Con, the, the con itself was, like, fantastic. And it was just a bonus of just, like, meeting your online friends for the first time. That's always a really cool thing where it's like you've talked to somebody for, you know, so long online or or even like talked on podcasts and stuff like that. And then you finally get to meet in person. And with the Leftover Army, it's like, it's so cool. Everybody clicks so well. It's, oh, uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> totally against, goes against the, the old adage of don't meet strangers online. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> in this case, it's worked out very well. <laughs> like, everyone, make, everyone makes you feel welcome. And like for me... Um, you know, like, let's say those at the time, there was maybe like, you know, a handful of guys that I spoke to like all the time, like Rebecca, um, you know, uh, I can't even remember, like, like, obviously like Jake a lot, like there was a couple of people that I spoke to like on a regular basis, like in like private messenger conversations. But like when I flew out there for the first time and I think I made a whole like week of it, I was nearly out there for like seven, maybe eight days. And, um, I think on my first day there, the only person that was, like, in Chicago that wasn't, like, a Chicago native was Neil. And um, literally met with Neil. We went and had some breakfast. Uh, we walked around Chicago. We went to this, like, library. Went to, like, And I don't think I'd ever spoken to Neil, like, one-to-one. One one. And, like, we kept each other company for, like, I don't know, like, the good portion of a day before we um, met up with everyone else in the evening. So that was just, like, really, like, nice that someone that, like, you know, I don't think we'd ever spoken before. We still just all met up. We just still just met up and then just vibed for the day. So, um, yeah. So I always say to everybody, like, you know, yes, it may seem a little bit daunting, um, but just do it. Like, if you can afford to come out, do it. The guys will make you feel welcome. Um, and there's plenty to do. Like, the con itself, you know, there's... Obviously, anime stuff, gaming, um, comic books, um, and all the panels and different things. But, like, there's so much to do. Like, any kind of con that you've ever been to, just think of it like that, like, and then times it by, like, five. Uh, I want to say, like, C2E2 is, like, what, the fifth biggest one in America? Uh, it could be. I know Chicago is one of the bigger cities. Because, obviously, like, San Diego Comic Con is probably, like, the biggest one. Then I think New York... And then I think Wizard Con is like up there. So, and then obviously, probably now, like in the next couple of years, D23 is probably going to be like a 
big major thing as well. So makes sense. Yeah. Did you finally finish watching the boys? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh my god, season three was so amazing. I am, I am so in love with this show. It's one of my favorite shows of all time, and season three was just spectacular, dude. What did you think of it? Oh, I absolutely loved it, man. It, it, it literally just, I just like the fact that it takes a lot of the superhero tropes and just makes it its own, and the fact that like we are getting real world scenarios just thrown in like um with um a train taking the piss out of the kylie jenner pepsi advert <laughs> that and, was great you know, we're, we're getting real life scenarios just thrown in and i have never read the comic books um so i've only watched following it from the series and the fact that like everyone that's read the comic book says like they're doing such a good job of adapting what is in the comics onto the live screen um and again, as many millions of people have probably said in their in, in recent years, like Anthony Starr's performance on Homelander is absolutely hilarious. Um, he is just a fantastic actor, and obviously, like when this is finally done, I hope he like goes on to like you know do bigger and better things and continues to be successful. Like I hope he just doesn't do the boys and then just falls off a cliff. Hmm. You know, the thing with the comics is. If you're liking the show, I would recommend to check out the comics. And I'm I'm not sure how it works in the UK, but um, here you can get Comixology Unlimited for I think it's like five ninety nine a month. And yeah. I think almost all of the boys, like almost the entire run, is on there. So you could almost read the entire thing for like five ninety nine, or just the cost of whatever a month would be, depending yeah. on how fast you read comics. Uh, uh, it is a it's a really really fun comic it's su- it, just like the show it's like super gruesome <laughs> super gruesome and super wild and uh but the the storylines and stuff in the comic are, are very different the way that they're doing the show it's it's almost like like the comic in like an alternate universe you know what i mean because like in in the again i i, I know i i li- listen to you guys and a couple of other and like you know, tease like a big comic book guy as well. Um, that like in the comic books they have powers as well, so they've really been kind of taking like the ten V that we've only got introduced in season uh, three. So uh, you know they've made subtle little changes, and it seems that everyone appreciates what they've the changes that they've made, and it's working. So the the characters in the comic they they all have been injected with with compound V. And mm. it's actually kind of wild because they butcher injects Huey like by surprise, doesn't even tell him he's doing it. Mm. <laughs> he's like bending down to tie his shoes or some shit like that. And butcher just like hops forward to the needle gun, <laughs> just hits him with it. And it's like, what the fuck? Um, but there's, okay. there's like little nods in, in Easter eggs, like the, the character of little Nina and, and her being like, kind of like a high up in the Russian mob. Like that's a character from the comics, but the way, they do her and like all that stuff is totally different in the comics. I don't think she had any connection to Frenchie either, Um, but it it works spectacularly, spectacularly in the show. And it also works really good in the comics, even though they're totally divergent stories. And it's the only similarity is the same characters for the most part and 
the fact that it's this satire of 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 like the actual superhero world that we get in in you know the other movies and other comics and stuff like that and i think the boys playing so perfectly as a satire on that stuff while also being a satire on our own society is just this really great and compelling blend and yeah the actors that are in it are so good oh man that that i think a lot of that cast was at c2e2 in 2020 also were you able to get a picture with them uh yeah, I was in the picture with uh Brian um how do it was Brian Damn it, why am I forgetting his name right now? Oh uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that on Facebook. I think it was Brian and, and what was Kevin, it, Kevin Shanks and, and Dan Ramirez and you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember talking to you guys all right before because I remember we were talking to you. And then you were all like, oh, we're going to go get our picture taken with the cast of the boys. And it was like, oh, sweet. Have fun with that. <laughs> I remember seeing the picture online and I was like, oh, that's amazing. Oh, it, it was so worth it, man. And, <laughs> oh, it, it was great. Like, I, yeah, it, it, it was definitely a very nice moment from the weekend. Um, like, that's still my display picture on WhatsApp. I absolutely adore that picture. Oh, uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, that'd be like a treasured one getting framed for me for sure. Yes, definitely. That's not like I said. When I when I finally get my house sorted, that is definitely one that's getting framed and put up somewhere. <laughs> Too cool, dude. Was that your first time in America? Uh, no, that was I want to say my third or fourth time in America. Oh, uh, nice. The very first time I came to America, I want to say I was maybe like oh maybe fourteen. Um, I came to uh, Texas. I went to. Visit one of my eyes. I was living in Dallas, um, and that is one of the main reasons why I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to ask about that. My my brother in law is a diehard Cowboys fan as well. Um, I I don't really follow professional sports too much, so I don't have any skin in the game whatsoever. Uh, uh, but it, but I generally notice when people are Cowboys fans just because my my brother in law is, and so it sticks out to <laughs> me. <laughs> so it's quite it's quite funny how I go into American football to be honest because like oh yeah that's something I definitely want to hear about one of my like favorite movies as a kid was The Little Giants okay um, yeah yeah I gotcha I enjoyed that movie um, and then you know a little bit older one another one of my like favorite movies is The Longest Yard but like I never put the movies together with American football and um, you know I did a, I studied um, like basically. P or sports science in um, college and we you know some of the uh, things that we broke down was like American cultures American sports and again how their sports differ and why it suits them compared to us over here in the UK and um, you know again American football but I'd never really like watched it so I think like in 2011 um, I was um, off that Super Bowl and I was like, you know what? I constantly keep hearing about American football, the Super Bowl, halftime show, da 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 da. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I, I'm, I don't have work the next day. I could watch this for the first time. Let me watch this and like figure out what all the fuss is all about. So I watched that Super Bowl and I was like, oh my gosh, this sport looks amazing. I want to play this sport. And then thankfully, when I went to university that year, uh, the university I was. Um, Going to was looking to start its own American football team, and so I was like, "Yep, sign me up. I want to play running back. I want to be involved. I want to do this." And then, um, you know, started talking to some of our friends who like knew about American football. I was like, "Oh well, if you're gonna like, you know, start watching American football, you need to like pick a team." 
And I think one of the biggest differences between us and here is that you guys seem to change your teams like literally whenever you feel like it. But over here, you generally pick a team and you stick with that team for, for literally the, the whole of your life. And, uh, <laughs> That's commitment. Like, well, pick a team from a state that you've been to. And at that time, I'd only ever been to Dallas. So it was either picking the Dallas Cowboys or the Houston Texas because those are the um, two teams in Texas. And then, um, again, it was just pretty much... I just like the sound. I like I like the the sound of Cowboys rather than the 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 Houston Texans, isn't it? So uh, I went with Dallas Cowboys, and I've literally stuck with them ever since. Um, the first three seasons I was supporting the Cowboys, I think we went eight and eight, and then we went twelve and four. So I'm not one of those guys that like I didn't even know like the Cowboys were like one of the best teams like in the '90s or uh, um, in the '80s. So it's not like a I picked them as a, a glory hunting team. It's just that was the team that I chose and I've been following ever since. And um, unfortunately, we've had our ups and downs and um, I'm hoping this season we can be a bit more successful than normal, but I don't have the most highest of hopes. Um, you know, the team's not exactly... It's it's fun to watch because there's always some kind of drama with America's team, as they are called. So it's always fun. And then, yeah, so I got into American football. Um, I've been playing since 2011. Uh, I graduated Kingston in 2014 and decided that I still wanted to be involved. And uh, I started to coach. So I now coach American football um, for the most part during the winter seasons when the universities are playing. Um, uh, this year, I've changed teams and I'm going to be coaching at KCR uh, as the defensive coordinator. So I'm really looking forward to that new challenge and hoping for some fun things. Dude, that sounds amazing. What? Uh, how old were you when you first started playing? I was maybe like 20, 21. No shit. What was it yeah. like the first time you played and what position did you play that first time? Uh, well, I, start, I started playing running back. I think for me, um, because I grew up, you know, always playing sports, it, it, was, it was like a natural progression. So I went from playing football or soccer, as you guys call it. Then um, I started to get a little bit bigger in size. So I started playing rugby. And then um, I switched to American football. So literally, like, the, the level of aggressiveness for the sport just kept on going up and up and up. <laughs> so American football is more aggressive than rugby? Uh, yes, definitely. definitely. <laughs> Rugby's not... It's one of those sports that, like, I'm aware of only in the way it's been portrayed in different pop culture things that I've seen. Otherwise, like, I know nothing about it. I know it has something to do with a scrum. <laughs> and yeah. and and I know there's 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 no pads in it, right? No, no pads. Literally, it's just you and and your body free for the world to take the hits. But I think because like the way the sports played, for the most part, you kind of see the hits coming. That's why it's not as dangerous as compared. Uh, sorry, yeah, it's not as dangerous compared to American football. And and I think. That is why you need the paddle when it comes to American football. Like, you can just get hit from any direction. Like, you can get the blindside hits, you know. It's so much more of a, a collision sport than rugby is. Like, don't get me wrong, rugby has some massive hits as well. But, you know, from from doing both, the demand for American football is, is a lot higher. And I will hold my hands up. Before I started playing the sport and, and you know, knew anything about it, I would be one of the people that would say, well, American football is just rugby for pussies because of all the padding and stuff. But <laughs> until you actually do it, 
it, it's a different level. Sorry, can I can I can I take a pause? Yeah, um, my family's ringing me. Can I? Oh yeah, yeah no I, problem. Yeah, we'll just take a pause real quick. All right, we're back. Okay, so we were talking about uh, American football, and you were comparing the differences between uh, rugby um, and American football. Yeah, no, because again, like you know, especially over here, we have the for those that don't get involved in the sport, we always have the the, the notion that are uh, because it's pads, it's you know softer. But it really is for your protection, like the the hits and and the tackles and the blocking, and it, it's it's just so much more than it is in rugby. Um, I, I I would always encourage people that have done rugby to try American football just so that they can see and feel the difference for themselves, and then it says know that like I'm not chatting shit. Like it's a different sport. It is there's a lot more nuance to it. Like there is a higher tactical awareness that you need for American football than you do in other sports as well. Like it is almost like a chess game to a certain extent. Um, and, you know, you have, in a sense, you like on offense, you have to utilize your pieces in a certain way to, you know, try and outwit a defense. Like as much as athleticism plays a part, parts into it, you know, there's a certain level of smarts allocated to the sport as well. So it's, it's, it's a lot more deeper than a lot of UK people give it credit for. You know, a lot of them just see the Super Bowl and, you know, they watch the you watch a game and be like, oh, why is this sport three hours long? Because obviously, you know, there's an advert every 30 seconds. And, <laughs> you know, when we play over here with no adverts and stuff, as long as there's not, you know, major injuries and stuff, a game can be done within the same kind of limit as a soccer match. So, you know, it's, again... It's, it's it's getting rid of that, you know, negative misconnotation about American football being, you know, rugby for pussies. Because, um, again, it is a completely different it's, kind of, it's almost kind of like saying, well, cricket and baseball are the same. And they're, you know, very different sports. Like, they still involve, you know, hitting a ball with a, a bat, in a sense. But, you know, the dynamics around it are entirely different. And, you know, I actually quite enjoy watching baseball every once in a blue moon it's not something that i watch on a regular basis but you know and then there's people out there that absolutely love cricket i find cricket is fun to play but i think it's a very boring game to watch i don't think i've ever actually seen a cricket game so that's another one of those things that i only know through pop culture <laughs> probably mostly through the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy books because aren't there like some like aliens or something like that yeah, I think it's in life, the universe, and everything else that they're ro- like evil robots that play cricket or something like that. And I need to reread those. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, the thing with American football that that I've kind of gathered from from you know different articles and stuff I've read is that with all the pads and the people feeling like oh they can go full bore and you know ram into each other and stuff, that's what actually makes it far more dangerous with the mm-hmm. risk of CTE because it's like, even though you're all padded up, your brain is still rattling around inside your skull. Do you think that, you know, having played both football and rugby, do you think that it would be a positive direction if football were to remove all the pads so that people didn't go so crazy running into each other like that? Or, or do you think it would take away an aspect of the game that it, it shouldn't be messed with? I, I think it would take away an aspect of the game that shouldn't necessarily be messed with, but also at the same time, yeah, some of these people are athletic freaks and they're a bit crazy in the head. So 
removing the pads won't help in a sense (laughs) it might not stop people from running into each other like that isn't there like um there's like a almost like a arena football kind of thing where they play in the summer where they literally play american football pretty much without pads Oh and, no shit. I guess I didn't really know what arena football was. Jeez. Oh, well no, okay, so I don't I can't remember what it's called. I if I could find it on Facebook, yeah, and next time like, I'm scrolling on Facebook, I will find it and I will send it to you. Is that like the XFL or whatever? No, those those are still kinda of like in pads and stuff, but this this is like, you know, a summer league that someone set up where literally they're playing a, a version of American football just without pads. Oh okay. And, are still body slamming each other and taking each other down <laughs> oh, and slapping no. each other up. So, again, you know, I think what people like, and this is like what goes back to like our barbaric days, is we like to see people fight. Like in our, in in our in our spirits, we like violence. And you know, watching two athletes go out and in a sense try to kill each other, you know, for a lot of people. Like there's a element of a joy that brings out in us. It's the same reason why people watch boxing and wrestling. Like it's that competitive and fighting spirit that people like to see. So I don't. I think if they took that away, people would just go towards something else. And you know, those that in a sense uh, are more traditional will go to wherever the sport is played a lot more traditionally. Yeah, because like, like soccer like the real football <laughs> is is the the most popular sport in the world otherwise right i mean that's the biggest outlet that i guess sports spectators gravitate towards yeah but that can be a real battle too can it yeah it can but it's 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 not on the same level yeah i, I like the battles like same same with like basketball like i think the the level of competitiveness in non-contact sports is nowhere near the same level in a physical altercation with someone do you know what i mean like oh i get what you're saying yeah absolutely of of risk because i'm not saying that you can't get hurt playing football and you know basketball but american football and you know let's say boxing like there is a, a much elevated level of of risk and um athleticism involved because You've got to be able to, to, you know, sense take a hit, take a punch, and also be able to give one. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's, I, I, I've just always had a love for aggressive contact sports, and you know, I'm, I'm obviously getting to the age where, at some point, I'm gonna have to like hang up my boots and stop playing. But I, I, until that day fully comes, I don't know. Like right now, I'm, I'm trying to get back in shape and maybe have like a, a swan song final season. <laughs> I love it. Fully call it quits. Would you still be playing running back? Uh, well, I, 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 the size that I'm now, I'll, I'll definitely play. If I was going to continue playing, it would be either going back to fullback, which I've done a bit, or um, if I couldn't trim down enough, I'd I would want to actually play linebacker again. Uh, I haven't played linebacker since I was in, uh, in uni, but if I could get in proper shape, I would go back to playing linebacker. I'd, I'd probably the most amount of fun when I was playing linebacker. I I briefly played football, I think in like seventh and eighth grade. So I was just a kid and I've always had like ankles that are very prone to twisting. And so it was always like super easy for me to, for my ankle to just totally turn over and then not be able to walk right for a week. Um, 
So it, it was fun playing it, but it definitely wasn't the best <laughs> sport for me. And, you know, being junior high where there was nobody around that could actually tape my ankle to, like, you know, prevent that from happening. And so it's. And, and straps and stuff weren't, like, readily available for the public as well. Like, it's only now where you can just literally go on Amazon and just, like, type an <laughs> ankle strap or ankle tape. And, you know, you can just get it, get stuff that you could just literally wear like a sock that will provide extra support. Oh, yeah, because so, this would have been like 93, 94, so a long ass time ago. Yeah. It's mad, it's mad. So it's like, you said you don't really, so do you follow any kind of sport? Uh, not really. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I'm trying to think, I like, because there's no, there's definitely no, like, professional sports teams that I follow. When I was super into rock climbing, I used to to more or less follow like a handful of different professional climbers, but that's totally different than yeah. than I guess following a team sport or something like that. So really the the last time I did that would have been when I was like a a, a little kid. So like this would have been late eighties, early nineties. Like I would have followed baseball and but for me it was just weird. It was like sports never really clicked with me. It was like the the way that my my friends could get into watching it watching a game and like having it like grasp their attention. It just would never grasp my attention. I don't know what it was, and it's, it's so it's just it's it's never been my thing. But I'm a firm believer in that everybody needs to have a thing and some sort of outlet. Otherwise, you get up to 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 mischief. <laughs> and yeah. so if 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 sports is your thing then like, you know, go for it. Be passionate about it. It makes me happy to see people passionate about things. Yeah, um, no, definitely on the whole keeping you out of trouble if you play a sport, being level like a team activity. I just want to say, you know what, like shout out to like Red Bull for them. You know, like they've actually brought like rock climbing to the forefront where they do a lot of these like oh, competitive climbing yeah. events. And they're always interested to watch, just see guys just, like, literally free climb off a bridge and, like, see you use the quickest to, like, ring a bell. It's always quite entertaining just to see how quick and effective these people are. I mean, they, they're definitely freak athletes to be able to do some of the things they do. Um, that's my swan song that I'm chasing, is is trying to get back into good enough fighting shape so I can go out and repeat this problem that I put up in... Oh, geez, it, it might have been like 2013, 2014, 2015, maybe some somewhere like that. I put up this bouldering problem called the spice must flow. And it's like this really, really steep prow. It, it only ever gets like maybe 12 feet off the ground at its highest. And, and like the hardest part is just getting the first six feet. Once your feet are above that six feet point, the rest of the problem's super easy. But it's just this really, really steep overhanging prow. And the way that I did it back then was I would get my hands up onto the flat part of the wall that was kind of up in like the six foot range. And then I would just let my feet swing out and then you'd just like hand over hand, which is called campusing. And you'd have to campus until, or I'd have to campus until I get high enough to actually get a foot up on the wall. And then I was able to do the rest of it. And I would love to be able to go and repeat that. Cause in my opinion, it's like the coolest thing that I ever like established back when I used to be able to climb, you know, quote unquote hard, and so that's the swan song I'm chasing and, oh, it'd be so cool to do it. Um, but man, I, I went out, was it either last week or the week before? I think it was the week before last. I went out and, and met up with like a bunch of other local climbers at this kind of local bouldering spot. And I got my ass whooped so hard and I hurt for three days afterwards. <laughs> it was fucking awesome though. I loved it. Yeah, it's 
it's, you know what it's like when you're an adult it's hard finding time for your passions and to get into shape oh absolutely and then work and everything else it's, it's a bit of a job but it is what it is <laughs> and for me it's like i just at this point in my life where it's like i really gotta be more diligent with with my diet and what i'm putting in my mouth and as long as i can control that and also try and remember to just it's like you get it at least go out and do something for 30 minutes every day um right now it's been just hot as hell out though too and so that in itself has been exhausting yeah no nah, it, 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 it is so like like if you could go to any con would you go to san diego comic con like if you could be there right now that would it would be really amazing to be able to be in hall h and actually see like the marvel panel and 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 be there for something like that that would be really really amazing um i mean that being said like i i've been every time i've been to c2e2 it's been on a saturday which is generally the busiest day of that con and not a fan of of (laughs) how how crushingly packed it is with people there sometimes but i do love me a panel (laughs) where i can just sit and and you know watch a presentation on something that i'm passionate about and so that would be really really cool to 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 see a a marvel presentation in hall h but it sounds like it's it's rarefied ground and very hard to get to Mm, yeah um i've always growing up wanted to attend an e3 but like now that's like very in a sense it's been opened up to the public it doesn't feel as good like is and that then the also electronic one that's like in yeah, Vegas or game, something. Yeah, that's the gaming one. Okay, and cool. Like, in the last couple of years, like you know, PlayStation hasn't been there. Microsoft have normally had like really shitty uh, presentations. And um, but yeah, when I was younger, like that was like the mecca. That is is something that I was like, I would love to do this. I would love to go to an E3. I, I still would, but obviously, again, like I said, it's it's nowhere in comparison when it was just like a a a, a media press invite thing only and like you know if you're a member of the general public it was like a a million to one chance that you can go now you just literally as long as you can afford to pay pay the entry to go you can go (laughs) yeah so they they definitely opened up more do you think they were just wanting to commercialize it a little bit more to make more money off of it yeah definitely make more money it is definitely that's how everything works nowadays just generally (laughs) people do to make more money Pretty much. I mean, do you, do you want to find the root cause of most things? It's like, well, follow the trail of money. And, <laughs> and, and that's the, the true story of what's going on. Uh, it's, you know. it's, it's such a shame as well, because like that was probably like most gaming nerds dream to go to E3. So when they opened up E3 to the public, you'd have thought that had been a, a fantastic idea and a fantastic thing. But I feel like the correlation of, you know, when E3 started to get bad is is the time when they open it up for the world to, to to enter so it's a shame but hopefully you know i think they are running at e3 this year because of um obviously the last couple of years been covid and uh hopefully you know it's a, a much better turnout and a lot of these gaming companies you know actually provide better presentations for their fans and showcase some of the games that we want to see and you know Give us something new, like. So you you're you're a pretty big gamer, right? Um, 
I do you know what? Yeah, I'm not as much as I, I used to be, but like I'm still quite involved in the game world. Like, I keep up to date with everything. Um, I have an Xbox at the moment. Um, the big game that I am literally playing 24-7 is Football Manager. Um, that is like not a mainstream game. It's like for the, the real football nerds in a sense, because it's a game where you're literally a manager of a football team. You make the decision, you pick the teams, and then you watch it in a sense get simulated on the computer. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> like, you know, I am completely addicted to this game. Uh, I absolutely love it. Um, the only other game that like, I, I play on a regular basis recently is uh, um, Yu-Gi-Oh! I love playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Masters Jewel. Um, I've always been like, you know, a massive fan of the Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, anime. And so the fact that literally anytime there's an incarnation of a game that I can play, I normally pick it up. And um, yeah, I've bought my Nintendo Switch, um, play a couple of games on there here and there. Um, funnily enough, Jake asked me to play four guys on the other day, but it, like my internet is quite shit. So it was going to take like two hours to download the game. Oh, shit. Uh, you know, I had to eventually go to sleep, um, but it's finally downloaded. So the next time he's on or any of the members of the army are on, um, I'll probably jump on and play with them. Like, again, another cool thing is that, you know, there's guys and girls in the army that are massive gamers. So a lot of them, you know, post up like, oh, I'm playing this today. Anyone around to play? And, um, you know, because I've like always done shift work, like my sleeping pad is all over the place. So having friends in America that I can do stuff with at like two, three o'clock in the morning is fantastic because two, three o'clock in the morning over here, most people are asleep where for a lot of <laughs> you guys, it's like, you know, just, you know, seven, eight o'clock in the evening. So you're, you know, you're down to do stuff. So that's always fun. Oh, that, yeah, that works out perfect. That, that's the thing oh, I always run up against when I'm scheduling guests for the UK on this is I usually record like Fridays in the evening, but it's like, mm. I would, I would hate to put a UK guest through that and be like, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 stay it, up till midnight for me. Uh, no. it, it always depends. It always depends on the person. Cause again, like I said, like, you know, I've, you know, for me, when I jump on PCR, I normally tell them to just leave it on what time is they normally record. Um, same with the leftover monster guys, because Again, if like if I finish work at one o'clock in the morning, you know it's evening time, so it's just like okay, stay up till maybe two o'clock, record, and then go to sleep when I normally would. Or if I'm off and I'm not working the next day, I'm normally up till like four or five o'clock in the morning, just either watching anime or playing games or chatting to some guys that I know in the states. So sure, well, it, and especially if that's already your normal routine with work, then it, it yeah. doesn't make sense that oh, it's my day off now, it's time to you know, sleep from, from 9am to five. And it's like, no, that's, that's not what you're going to do. Yeah. So no, nah, again, it, it, it has its benefits in it. So it's always, it's always cool. It's always interesting. Like one, like again, going back to football on, on a Sunday, literally nine times out of 10 when I'm watching the NFL, I'm chatting to Kova and literally we're like talking about what's going on in the game and then other games and football events. Like it's fun having, you know, people on the other side of the world who are into that and you can talk to live where again here you know a lot of people just like well i'll just fall asleep and watch in the morning <laughs> yeah um do you have the same schedule with like disney plus over there like have you been able to see all of miss marvel uh yeah so since we finally got it over here in the uk because we got it like i feel like six months nine months later than you guys did um 
you know, everything's now finally synced up. Oh, um, perfect. That, but the first problem was like when you guys were getting season one of The Mandalorian and we weren't getting it. And it was like, well, how do I avoid spoilers? And, you know, you had to do what you have to do to be able to watch it. But, um, yeah, now pretty much everything is synced up. You know, whatever time you guys get something is dropped pretty much the same time that we get over here. So, you know, Miss Marvel was dropping on a Wednesday. We got it on a Wednesday. Um, when they were originally dropping stuff on a Friday, we also got it on a Friday. Um, funny enough, actually, that reminds me, I haven't even checked if um, Deadpool's on Disney Plus now because I believe it was announced yesterday that <laughs> Deadpool will finally be on Disney Plus. So I saw that too. That's that's wild. <laughs> That's yeah, it's, so wild. It's, it's, it's either the start of a beautiful thing or it's the start of the end. <laughs> Dude, I just, th- there's just some stuff in that movie that it's just, in, in, in a, it, having heard what the writers and stuff have said about the third one that, oh, and Marvel's letting us do our thing, it, it's it's going to totally still be rated R. Um, I, I really want to believe that that's true. And seeing them put that content the first two Deadpool movies on there feels like it's a step in the direction that confirms that. Mm. But now I loved the moon Knight series. I loved it for what it was, but with what, with what, um, uh, Kevin said before the show came out, you know, like, Oh, this is going to be next level violence. I was expecting like these fight scenes that were going to be kind of like the raid, or something like mm-hmm. that, you know? And and granted, we got really good, awesome fight choreography in Shang-Chi that was, like, approaching that level. But it's like, we didn't get any of that in Moon Knight. And so it, it just worries me that it's like, are they gonna are they gonna fuck over Daredevil? Because they they moved his series over, and that's gonna be really hard to live up to. And I really hope they don't do the same thing with Deadpool. But knowing how... My kids haven't seen the movie, and they're super familiar with the character. And so from a marketing perspective, it would make sense to do Deadpool that's more accessible to a younger audience because they're going to be able to make more money and squeeze more of that dollar out of it. But I don't know. Are, are you worried with, with any of these properties coming to Disney Plus? So I was originally, um, I was originally, but then again, I thought, let's say, let's take, for example, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. I thought some of the horror horror elements and the violence in that was very borderline, and they did that really well. So, because my biggest concern with this whole like non-R raid was Blade, like I was very scared of how they were gonna do um, a, a non-R raid Blade because I believe Blade should be R raid. The only way you're gonna get a good Blade movie is for it to be R raid, so you can have all the violence and blood and the effing and blinding and all that shit there. But the way they did Multiverse of Madden, uh, Madden Doctor Strange, it, it, it gave me hope. So, again, Kevin Feige has built enough cachet that we can, in a sense, trust him and, you know, have faith that he's going to do the right thing. I want to jump back to, I mean, this is kind of like total tangent, <laughs> but like I'm suddenly remembering, uh, when you had mentioned anime earlier you're one of the 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 people in the leftover army that i feel like is kind of super into anime is that fair to say uh yes i i i try my best to be like what do you know what yeah one thing i love about the, the leftover army is like everyone has like their 
their passion and like so knowledgeable. Like, like sometimes like I'm a nerd, but like sometimes when I'm I'm listening to some of the guys talk about like you know Star Trek or Star Wars, or they can just like you know list of actors and recall scenes. I'm like, nah, you 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 guys are a hell of a lot, lot nerdier than me. So I I I'm trying to make like the anime thing be like my my nerd fandom and be like as much of the <laughs> that's the your superpower. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to make make myself be the anime go to guy, and you know what? I I love the fact that there's you know quite a few people in the leftover ar- army that are big anime people as well, because again, it's a another part of pop culture where like you know for someone like me growing up, you know, being into anime wasn't cool. Like you got bullied, you got made fun of. Girls didn't want to date you because you like anime like it was a it was a, a taboo subject so to speak where now everyone loves it it's such it's in the mainstream like you got nfl players talking about it you got you know samuel L. jackson talking about how he likes hentai like it's it's just out there in the world so it's always cool to see in a sense like some of the people in a sense like the ogs where they were watching anime in a sense when it wasn't cool but not to be like, oh, I, I, I shit on those that have, you know, only just discovered anime. Um, it's it's a it's a great thing to be involved in, but like, yeah, so I'm <laughs> yeah, it's a tangent. Um yeah, I'm just trying to be the anime <laughs> guy. Uh, technically I've been watching anime since I was little, but you know, over here in the West we just assume it's cartoons. It's only when you get a little bit older and you start to differentiate you know, the Japanese style of animation and the storytelling that you realize that actually, you know, Dexter's Laboratory and Naruto are nowhere near the same. Um, you know, there is no, there is no like death note for kids um, in, 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 in the West. There's nothing that I can think of that has the same level of like emotional impact, storytelling, um, complexity, um, that you get from animes in uh, in compared to cartoons, which you know is a bit of a shame. Uh, the only one that I can, I can think of right now that's very old school is maybe Johnny Test because that was aimed at slightly older kids. But other than that, off head, I guess you could say Transformers stuff as well. But other than that, I can't really think of things that had the same kind of impact. Um, and the thing with anime as well, like there's so many different genres like you know if you like horror there's horror animes out there for you like romance you like slice of life action crime um yuri yaoi like there's something for everybody man it's just a a, a i'm very happy that like you know i discovered it in a sense and um it's just something that really entertaining and literally every three months they release you know a whole batch of new different anime for people to watch um so lot, lot, the spring slate that just finished, one of the animes that I really enjoyed was an anime called Spy Family. Um, uh, it follows a guy, um, he's basically a spy and he's been tasked with the job of like saving the world. But for him to be able to save the world, he needs to infiltrate um, this guy's like glamorous rich people's party. But to do that, he needs to, um, you know, create a fake family and in a sense befriend the 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 guy that you need to spy on son to get invited to this party and obviously <laughs> he doesn't have a wife he doesn't have a kid 
So he goes to an orphanage to adopt a child to play his child. And the child he adopts turns out to have psychic powers. She can, like, read people's minds. So then he picks her up. She's a bit of an oddball, but, you know, he's going to make it work. So then now he needs to find a wife. Uh, he just, you know, he goes, looks around. He needs to find, you know, someone that's going to be the I- up for the idea of being in a fake uh, marriage. Um, and he finds one. And uh, she turns out to be an assassin. So... <laughs> It, it, it definitely uh, has a very uh, fun and cutesy vibe, but it's a really, really good anime. Um, I'm an action junkie, so a lot of the animes I watch are generally action-filled, guns, violence, um, swords, and all that shit. But this one nice. is just literally, you know, it's... Oh, What's it called it again? Spy Family. Spy Family. What are you watching it on? Uh, I am watching it on Crunchyroll. Okay. Because um, the the premise that you just laid out sounds awesome. It's like uh, every new is... character you laid out just made me go like, wow. <laughs> oh, mate, it, it it gets it gets so good, man. They um, so they released thirteen episodes this slate. It's taking like a you know the summer slate off, and it should be back in um, I want to say the winter slate starts in October, and um, that's when they will finish it off with our final thirteen episodes, um. I will be very surprised if Spy Family doesn't win a couple of awards in the Crunchyroll Awards at the end of the year. And for those that watch, you know, anime being like one of the best animes um, of uh, 2022. Um, and in terms of anime, if, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of anime called Bleach. Yes, I have heard of it. Um, anime is one of those things that I would love to get more into. And I've got like a really limited... Um, repertoire i guess of of what i've actually watched with it like i think i've watched maybe the first seven or eight episodes of demon slayer nice and then got distracted by other shit and just fell off of it but but i was having a good time watching it uh yeah demon slayer is is a very top tier anime purely because the like the animation is so superb like it's it's kind of like it's kind of like Marvel where, you know, when you're used to seeing a Marvel movie, like, you know, they spent millions of it to make everything superb. Whereas then when you go to like stuff like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or, you know, the TV side of things, normally they don't spend as much money. So things aren't as crisp. Whereas, you know, Demon Slayer, you know, that's movie level quality but in a TV series, you don't normally get a lot of animations, animes that have that style of anime, animation where it's just so crisp and beautiful to even look at. Um, so that's one of the reasons why that anime is, in a sense, doing so well. And it's just got a, you know, a fun story. Um, you know, who doesn't like seeing a fi- uh, guy fighting with swords, katanas, demons? <laughs> right. Uh, just, oh. <laughs> you give me a main character with a sword and I'm already going to be like, all right, you, I got my one foot in the door. Exactly. <laughs> T- tell, tell me more. <laughs> you know what? You just, like. I think for those that have limited time, it's finding a genre that you like and finding one that is, you know, maybe only 24 episodes long. Because and, and like, that's part stuff. of it, dude. Absolutely, is because I've heard so many good things about like Avatar: The Last Airbender, and mm-hmm. everything I've sound about it sounds so good. But the part that that keeps me from starting it is it seems like that'd be a lot 
of episodes to watch, but isn't that one of like the the super original ones? So that that's that's funny you that's funny you mentioned that because technically in the anime community, Avatar isn't an anime, but because it's so good and because of the styling and how deep the story is, it kind of gets accepted into the anime ranking. So it it's kind it's, it, it's almost like. Um, you know, in, in Star Wars, when he says, like, we, we accept that, you know, you are strong enough to be a, uh, a master, but we do not... Um, <laughs> we do not uh, give you the rank. <laughs> yeah, we don't give you the rank of uh, master. Like, again, like, that's, like, you've got you've got Avatar and you've got Ruby. Those are two technically cartoons, because they were done in the West, that a lot of anime, um, in, you know, people in the community accept and accept that as an anime. Okay, so that's um, the difference because they were made in the West, so it's technically not an anime. Yes. Yeah, okay, it, I gotcha. It's kind of like, like I said, it's it's kind of like the style, and um, there's yeah, there's there's a, there's a certain level of style to it that makes it an anime, um, and you know, there's obviously all cartoons adults can enjoy, but like you will have a lot more adults watching an anime and enjoying an anime than they would a cartoon. So it's it's, it's, a, it's such a complicated um, thing to explain because, like, in a sense, they are the exactly same thing because an- anime basically just stands for animation, which is a cartoon. Mm-hmm. But, again, like I said, don't exist. Those Avatar is one that in the anime community we kind of accept it as an anime because it has a lot of the tropes that you would get in a traditional Japanese anime. And I want to I want to eventually see all of Miyazaki's stuff too, and I think a lot of it's on HBO Max right now. Well, ooh, I I want to say for us over here in the UK, it's on Netflix, and um, I did do like a a spin off series on the Blurs or Us um, podcast feed where we reviewed every single Ghibli movie. Oh, I fantastic! We, I gotta look those up. We did every single one but two. I think the one the one new one that we didn't give its own like separate episode was Earwig and the Witch because. Um, Unfortunately, that was really bad. It was like Miyazaki's very first attempt at doing like CJ <laughs> animation, and unfortunately, it it lacked the um, Miyazaki like style and finesse that you know everyone's grown to love when it comes to Studio Ghibli. And then the other one I think we didn't review is um, I think Fate of the Fireflies. I think that's the only one that wasn't other one that wasn't on Netflix, but. Pretty much all of the ones we watched, like I would say, Spirit Away, I've probably watched like over a hundred times. Um, I've heard that one's really good. I haven't seen it yet. It's, it's, it's amazing, man. You will love that one. I like that. Is you know when most people start with uh, Studio Ghibli movies, most people will recommend them uh, Spirit Away because it's, it's just a fun little movie. Um, the English dub for that one is actually pretty good as well. Um, I am a bit of a anime snob or purist or uh, snob or purist um, as they say uh, I generally watch all my anime in subs but, I, I uh, like subs too I think it adds an extra layer to be able to 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 hear it in the in the the creators like original format like I don't mind reading subtitles and, and getting that extra 
you know, layer of 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 depth out of the the viewing. And also, some, not to be you know insult the people that you know spend hours and hours you know doing the dubbing and translation, but I feel like a lot of the times they treat their viewers as stupid. Like they will dumb down the translation just so that it will fit the mouth movements, but then it doesn't make sense. Like that was one of the problems some people had with um. Oh, not Parasite. Um, damn it. Uh, Squid Game. Some of the um, English dub, when they said certain things, it didn't have the same meaning. So it, it, it lacked the emotional impact if you had the subtitles where, where you, you actually read what they intended to say. And I think, you know, with things moving, and again, like I said, things becoming more mainstream, the dubs are getting better. They are starting to translate... Um, things a little bit, a lot more literally they are now investing in actual you know proper voice actors that you know can get the same kind of feel um i think because you know in the past they were just like okay this looks very cartoonish so we have to give them very cartoon sounding voices and it was a lot of time would make the, hmm. the main character a very squeaky you know you know you know, pubescent boy's voice, which would irritate a lot of people. Yeah, when, my hand is yeah. raised right now. <laughs> yeah, right. So right now they're starting to understand that actually we can give these, you know, characters, you know, more natural speaking voices because not everyone in the West speaks like, "Hi guys, like how we do it." Like it's it's not that it's not that over the top. Like we we can have general normal conversations and relate to them. Um, it must have been some kind of stereotype from like the 80s and 90s where you know whoever went to Japan must have <laughs> you know spoke like that to them and they were just like okay everyone in America and the UK speak like this so that's how <laughs> we, do, we need to do our dubs or they're not going to like you know what we bring over over over, over to the west um, but in saying that like I said uh, Studio Ghibli a lot of their I want to say that the distribution rights for a lot of the Studio Ghibli movies back in like the 90s and early 2000s was owned by Disney. So Disney did a lot of the dubbing and because of that, Disney actually used like actually legit actors. I'm trying to even pull it up. So yeah, so I'm, 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 so let's say, for example, let's, let me put up Spirit Away. See if I can pull it up. So, now nah, this is all going, all the Japanese cast. Well, that's not the best example to use. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, the, I'm pretty sure the only Miyazaki movie I've seen so far is Princess Mononoke. And... Oh, that's a- that was one where my wife's cousin, who's like, he's turned me on some to some really, really great content over the years. And like, I think we were having a conversation one day and he asked me about it. I'd never seen it. And so the next time I saw him, he just hands me like a DVD R that he had just burned a copy of it on. And he's like, you have to watch this. And so I so, put it in, you know, not knowing anything about what I was going into and was just a hundred percent in. I got, I finished it and I was like, this movie is fantastic. Like it, so, it looked, it looked amazing. The plot was so good. Um, 
Yeah, I've been I've been dying to go and rewatch it. I haven't watched it now in in a in probably several years. But man, it made a so, lasting impact. So here's here's a better example. Yeah, like so with Princess Mononoke. Princess Mononoke. Yeah, uh, Billy Bob Thornton was Jigo. Um, you had uh, Jada Pinkett Smith as Toki. You had Keith David as Okoto. You, so you see what I'm saying? Where they actually mm-hmm. had legit, like actors voice the characters. And I want to say one of them, I, I feel like Tom Holland voiced the character in one of them like before he blew up. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check out more of those. And, and I feel like when, when I was younger, there was like a handful of animes that I saw that were movies. Like I've seen mm. Ninja Scroll like more times than I can remember. That's very good, dude. It's so good. <laughs> That's such a very fucking good. killer very movie. Violence. Oh, and and just the concept of this team of villains that he has to go against. That you know, each one of them has like a different power, and he has to kind of work his way through all of them. And and the way that there's different even infighting amongst that group. That's you know almost like a C plot going on in it. It's it's a really, really good movie. I mean, some of the subject matter in it is like, it's a little squeamish, but really good movie. Have you ever seen Baz- Basilic? Nope, I have not seen that one. Again, it's, a, it's an old anime, but it's like basically Romeo and Juliet with ninjas. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and, it's very, and it's very violent. Ah, uh, yeah, so Tom Tom Holland, voice uh, show or shoe in Arietti. And that was way back in 2010. Oh, damn. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Yeah, that's... It's basically um, the the Studio Ghibli's version of The Borrowers. Okay. Yeah, but, yeah, I'm not even familiar with The Borrowers either. You've never seen The Borrowers? <laughs> what is The Borrowers? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm saying it right. Okay, I gotta look this up. It's that movie where... Um, there's like little people, little people living in the house. They had um, uh, John Goodman. The Borrowers. Okay, yeah, I'm looking for the movie poster right now. 1998. Definitely not remembering shit about this, my friend. <laughs> this oh, looks wait, wild. I saw you older than me. <laughs> yeah, I'm 41. Ah. Uh... Maybe you just missed this one. I, I must have just missed it, dude. I mean, this would have come out. This would have come out when I was seventeen, like going on eighteen. Maybe uh, you might have been too so old for it. I think that's it. That I probably would have seen this and just put it immediately off my radar as, oh, that's a kids movie. Um, because yeah, I'm looking. Uh, like I'm even like I got the trailer playing on silent, and I'm like, none of this is ringing a bell. <laughs> yes. So basically, Ari- Arietti is like the Japanese animated version of the Borrowers. I don't. They probably, you know, don't know who came up with the story first, in a sense. Or, but yeah, that's mad. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it, it's always it's you know I I used to be that guy. I and you know even still now, there's a lot of films like from like the eighties and nineties that I have not seen. Um, I grew up with really strict parents, so like. If it was an 18, I was not allowed to watch it until I was 18. Um, oh, so wow. a, lot of stuff, a lot of stuff just, you know, passed you by. And even now, like, I've only, like, gone back and watched certain things for, like, the very first time. Um, but so I, I know what it's like to be on the other end and be like, 
You've never seen that. I'm like, yes, I've never seen that movie that I'm pretty sure everybody in the world has seen like a million times, but unfortunately I have not. Oh um, yeah. No, I've got massive holes like in, in my movies that are ones where people are like, How can you not have seen that? And it's like I just I'm sorry I haven't. Um this weekend's been pretty good for filling that in. Like I'm finally getting caught up on all of Jordan Peele's movies. Um, oh, nice. I nice. watched Nope on Thursday, and then this morning I watched Us, and either tonight or maybe tomorrow morning I'm going to watch Get Out. Uh, so we, I don't, I, I don't think we get Nope till next week. So, oh, I, we won't, will... I won't spoil anything for you, I, other than to say that I really, really liked it a lot. Everyone that's seen it so far is saying such good things, and like everyone saying that, like so far, Jordan Peele has not missed. Like all his movies have been fantastic. So. I am I am really looking forward to seeing this one. Uh, I am not a horror fan. Uh, I go out of my way to avoid horror movies. Um, I'm a big bitch. <laughs> That's usually uh, where I am too, my friend. <laughs> yeah, so I generally don't do them, but I've seen Gal, I've seen this um, Us, um, and I I've, I enjoyed them for what they were. You know, obviously they were. I think Get Out was more of a thriller than a horror. So that wasn't too bad. Um, Us was a little bit scarier, but again, it, I, I I could manage it. And um, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see whether I can get through Nope, or I want to have like the uh, uh, my coat over my eyes at the scary bits. <laughs> uh, I remember I remember the first time they dropped that trailer. I was just like, the title was so thin, like literally Nope. Oh, I, that um, first trailer was so if- good too. It, it, it's mad because like we always make the jokes like when we see we watch horror, horror movies and a black guy always dies first and we're just like well in reality if a black person was truly in these situations we would just be like nope and we would just go home <laughs> and the movie would end like you know it, it's, it's like, incredible there's a noise upstairs let's go with it. nah bro that's you I'm going home I'll see you guys later let me know how that noise goes like we're we're, we're not involved we are not involved whatsoever like, hey guys let's go investigate the mysterious noise uh, uh, we, 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 we leave that to you guys you gotta go investigate we're going home we're gonna go home and have some chicken like it takes, it takes the confidence of a white it takes the confidence uh-huh. Privilege of a white guy to like Trust not you, assume that they're about to get brutally murdered by uh, whatever that strange noise was. <laughs> it's so crazy when I see stuff like that. I'm just like, why? Like, and and they always do is like, why would you go upstairs? Like, <laughs> shut the door, just leave. Like, just leave. Like, go to the nearest police station. Ah, oh, there, there's some weird things going on in my house. Can you go check? Like, don't be, don't be that hero. Like, nah, nah yeah. Horror movies always make me laugh because they just do the most dumbest shit. I'm just like, oh, uh-huh. that would be me. It, and that's usually the problem that I would have watching horror movies is that, like, I'm so good at, like, empathizing with characters and stuff, whether I'm reading it or watching it or whatever, that, like, I get invested and I'm in on it. And then when I see them doing, you know, dumb decisions like that, which I understand in some cases... Hey, it's a horror yeah. movie. What do you expect? But it's it's like, well, then you see things like, like in my opinion, in in Nope, like he he stuck the landing perfectly in that. It was mm-hmm. it walked that line and balanced everything just perfect. But then there's other movies where it's pretty good up until the 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 reveal in the in the in the third act, and you're like, what the fuck is this? 
But um, that, 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 that's the funny thing. We we laugh at these tropes here, but these tropes <laughs> are real. Like you will see random like videos of people just doing mad shit. Like like there's a there's a suicide forest in Japan. Oh, people, I know that's creepy shit. People go there to like be tourists. Like no, I'm not going there. <laughs> like that is not that. I'm not gonna be like oh, I'm in Japan. Let's go to the suicide forest let's, where people kill themselves. Let's go and, through a hike uh, through here and just yeah. assume that there's no such thing as like bad uh, spirits. Uh, uh, <laughs> listen, like that's what I'm saying. Like you, you see people do these crazy things. Like there wasn't wasn't there a guy that was like warned, do not go to this island. These in um these people have like had no interaction with the outside world. Oh do not yes. go there. No, I totally <laughs> know what island you're talking about. If you go there, there is a 99% chance they will kill you and eat you. Ah, nah, it's fine. I'm going to go tell them about the God and Jesus and the Lord. <laughs> and I'm going to be safe. The God's going to protect me. And then did they not like shoot with arrows and just start eating them alive or some shit like that? Like, as like I said, as much as we joke about like people just like being too nosy for their own good. It happens a lot more than you know you you'd like to believe. <laughs> okay, so uh, hypothetical scenario: it's mm. it's C two E two, and there is mm. like a tour that we can book that goes through like an abandoned sanitarium that is like supposedly like haunted or something like that. Do you do it as I'm part of a group? And I'm not getting <laughs> the o- the o- the only way, yeah. You would get me to go, yeah, is if I am kitted out like Rambo. Like, <laughs> I have the, the bullet casings. Like, this, this is the one time, yeah, I'll be like, yo, America, what's it, your, your Fifth Amendment? <laughs> the Where, second one, the second that, one. <laughs> yeah, your, second, your Second Amendment? Yo, I am taking full advantage of that. I am, I am going with a Desert Eagle. I am going <laughs> with, with an AK-47. Strap me with an AR-15. Have a couple of hand grenades, Rambo's machete. Like that is the only way you are getting me to go. Especially if it's like you're talking about like the middle of the night and it's dark and <laughs> bam, like, again, I'm black, yeah. There's so da da da. You would have to pay me. You would have to pay me a decent amount of money to do that crazy stuff. I remember one time, yeah. Like we went to the equivalent of um what what's it called like America uh, um those horror night mazes that Dan and Steve go to in it um in a in a theme park over here in the UK uh-huh. and the where it's kind of like the, the haunted house you go through or yeah. whatever and there's actors and stuff yeah and I was like I don't know sixteen seventeen and I've been scared of horror shit for like my entire life and these lot were like okay well we're going to do this and I was like all right well. If I'm going to do this shit, I am going to like literally be have to hype myself up to the point like, you know, anything pops out of me, I'm just literally going to slap it in the face. Like <laughs> I am literally punching first, asking questions later. And I got so hyped walking through this maze that near the end, when someone jumped out of me, I literally pushed them away and nearly punched them in the face. Like I it was the only way I could get through the maze. And not shit myself, or otherwise, I just, I would just, you know, them videos where you see people just like crying in the corner and screaming, and then just like frozen in fear. Like <laughs> that would have been me. So in the again, unless like, you know, someone that I really like has you know done something dumb, and we have to go save them, then 
the 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 chivalry and the you know the 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 liking to be a hero side of me might you know pluck up the courage but again like i said i am going fully strapped and prepared for if anything anything because like yes i that you know we, there is a like a two percent chance that you know a demon or anything is gonna pop out of me but again that is still two more percent likely than i would like and I I would not want to be taking no chances in this high situation. So yeah, in any kind of fucked up, scary horror situation, yeah, I'm I'm not involved, man. I'm I'm a, I'll be like, all right, guys, good luck. You know, give me a call. Like, here's my number. You know, give me a call tomorrow morning. Let me know how your adventure went. If I don't hear from you tomorrow, um, uh, if I don't hear from you guys in 24 hours, I will let the police know that you guys went and did what white people in horror movies do and go. <laughs> Place that you had no business going <laughs> because yeah man like i like i said i i would like to think i'm a brave person but when it comes to scary stuff and you know the thing is yeah it's for me with horror movies like i know like it's fake and stuff it's the it's the psychological like way it messes with your mind like it that's what gets me like i think if I was in like again, if I had to be like in a in a dark forest for whatever, for whatever reason, I think because I know that like I'm in reality, like I you know I can run, I can for the most part punch something as long as it's not supernatural. Like I I'm a fairly sizable dude. I, I you know I'm not the strongest dude in the world, but against an average person or you know I would bat in a fight as long as the person's not like a UFC trained person do you know what I mean <laughs> oh yeah but, no I know what you mean <laughs> but, but, if, but you know if a werewolf just pops out like no like, <laughs> you got no defense it, against fangs and yeah, claws like what am I doing <laughs> like I'm just I, I'm literally just rolling into a ball and just praying like it just you know it's like <laughs> it, it, doesn't, it doesn't like sense you because you're standing still or you know it thinks you're so perfect that you're just pissing your pants they're just like you know what i'm not gonna eat you you're just that perfect i'm just gonna move on like <laughs> like you, it's always, like when people are like oh i i really want aliens to come and visit earth like what if aliens just turn around like well like in the movies like well we're going to just enslave humanity or we're just gonna eat you guys and kill you like what what will you do like we always think like we have the most amazing weapons in the world yeah but if aliens really came and just and were as advanced as like we made them out to be in the movies we would have no chance like there would be no resistance we'll just be wiped out in like 0.5 seconds it would be it would be an absolute massacre oh it sure would i mean you'd think that if 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 an alien race or civilization had the technology to traverse deep space, find other planets and go there. And if they were of a mind to enslave and do violence and stuff, it seems like that would be a force that would be impossible to stand against. It would be so hard because their technology is already way advanced. Yeah. It would, it would be no contest. So that, again, that, that always makes me laugh when people are like, ah, oh, let's, 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 you know, send messages into our space. I'm just like, you know what, the one day someone responds, yeah, I will not be on this earth because when they do, yeah, it's going to be so fucked up. It's <laughs> going to be actually so wild. Like, let's let's put it this way, yeah. 
we fight amongst ourselves and we struggle to like you know love one another and you know kumbaya and all that stuff yeah you want to throw aliens and other species and stuff into the mix it's going to be nuts what if the aliens turn around like you know what yeah humans taste like chicken we're gonna make you a delicacy (laughs) what do you do that's not what you can do (laughs) it's uh, it's it's over. It's actually over. So, what would you do if you we we see two eaters like let's go to an abandoned asylum for a tour at one o'clock in the morning? Ooh, I I don't know. I mean, because there'd be a part of me that would be absolutely terrified. And this is something that I did like a lot as a kid. Like the mm-hmm. amount of like derelict houses, buildings, and stuff that we were terrified to go into with only a flashlight and explore, but we still did. And uh, see. I was not that kid. <laughs> That's but, the thing. I even from a young age, I was not that child. <laughs> but like, I was always terrified, and like, I've always had a very overactive imagination, and mm. like, it's kind of like the thing. Like, if you're in like the basement of some place and you shut off the lights, and then you mm. got to go up a long set of steps, are you able to do it just calmly, or do you kind of run up the steps a little bit? Oh, I again, it depends. I think. You know, again, when you're in reality, you're just like, well, I'll just feel my way around, you know, and then just do it quite calmly. But again, if I'm in like a spooky environment, I am sprinting. <laughs> right. I well, would move quicker than Usain Bolt. It would, <laughs> uh, I would be the flash. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 yeah, like I said, it's, it's the fa- the fear factor. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It will, And see, yeah. I can be in reality and know there's nothing down in this basement that, mm. that is, it's no different right now with the lights off than it was with the lights on. Mm. But there's still a part of me that sometimes it'll be like, it's a 50-50. I might psych yeah. myself out and have to sprint up these stairs. You never know. <laughs> and so like, I can, you... and, and Sorry, the, the thought of fucking with something supernatural, even if there's like a 1% oh. chance that you're going to go into this and some fucked up horror movie shit is going to take place in your life shortly thereafter because you walked into this place that, like you said, you had no business going into. Wouldn't it be terrible to have it be that 1% that was that was right? That's what I'm like, again, I'm a normal person, yeah? Like, let's say I was, like, someone like Tony Jaa or Iko Uyiz from The Raid who, like, knows some sick martial arts, like, knows how to, like, use swords and, like, you know you know, very good with martial arts and, like, could kill someone really easily if they want to. Like, you've got a little bit more confidence, but I'm an average Joe. Like, I'm an average dude. If anyone bigger than me wants to, like, kidnap me and do all sort of kind of terrible things to me, yeah, it's, it, it, it can be very long. So, you're not going to be, like, if you if you gave me a spider and put it in my hand and it was light, like, see, it's a spider, I wouldn't be scared. If it was dark and you just put like something creepy and crawly in my hands, I will be very nervous because I can't <laughs> see what it is. Like the fear of the unknown is real. Yeah, because your mind's gonna fill in the blanks, and if you're already in a scary situation, it's gonna fill in the blanks with scary situation uh-huh. type shit. Exactly. So yeah, I get that, dude. But I mean, here's the thing: even if you are badass like Eco Uas or Tony Jaw, they ain't gonna do shit against that thing from the Grudge. Or that thing oh, from yeah. the ring, you know. I mean, it's yeah. like that's the sort of shit that like freaks me out. Is like, like, what if Ouija boards are real? Like, wh- what, what if you can fucking, or, or like the like, have you seen any of the the Conjuring movies? Like, what if that sort of shit like actually could happen? Um, yeah. 
what one thing I will say here yeah, is foreign horror movies are the worst. <laughs> Dude, those Japanese horror movies but, are scary as shit. Yeah, like like J- Japanese, Korean, and African, they do it in such a way. Like obviously, again, if you watch them when you're little, when you shouldn't be, yeah. They do it in such a way that makes you think that this could actually happen. Like, if I watch a lot of them stuff now as an adult, I was like, well, this clearly is not going to happen. It's, it's illogical. But when you watch it as a child, you're just like, holy shit, like, that could actually happen. Like, you, it, it gets in your mind, it, it gets in your imagination. You're thinking, fuck, like, what if that happened? And then, like like I said, it, it then scared, like, it scares you for life. Like, I probably didn't watch a horror movie until, like, I was like 16, 17. And to be honest, I actually ended up quite liking it. I think it was either... There's two that I remember as being like my first. One was like Mirrors and it had Kiefer Sutherland in it. Um, And I enjoyed that because I absolutely loved Kiefer Sutherland from 24 at that period of time in my life. Um, And that actually turned out to be really good. And then the other one I think was Mama. Um, It's when... um, I think they found like an orphan child in the in the in the woods, and it came home with them. Oh, or she birthed like a demon child. Yeah, those those two like were my very first experience of horror movies, and I actually quite enjoyed them. But you know, since then I generally try to avoid them if I can. Like, I am not paying to watch half of the movie because I've got the covers over my eyes and I'm scared shitless. Like. I don't find that as an enjoyable experience. I don't want to pay to be terrified. <laughs> See, with me, it's like, I'm going to wake up at three in the morning to take a piss. And then I'm going to come back to bed and I'm going to lay there and I'm going to be thinking about that thing I just watched. Oh, like, yeah, that that was the worst part of going through the, uh, the, the haunting of Hill house was, it was like, I'd wake up in the morning. It's like, I'm not thinking about the bent neck lady. <laughs> I'm not thinking about creepy shit. I'm not looking at any of the shadows in this room. I'm just going to go back to bed. And it's like, dude, you're an adult. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, hey, scary movies still have the same effect on me. Like, I avoided them like crazy when I was a kid. I remember, like, when I was, I mean, shit, this would have been, like, maybe around six or something like that. I think my mom rented a bunch of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies that were out at the time. And it was like, I wouldn't even go in the house. I didn't even want to go near the house. It was like a nice day out and all the windows were open. So if I got too close to the house, I could hear it. And it was like, I didn't, I didn't want to have anything to do with that shit. And I, I think I was probably around that same age. I think I was late teens when I first actually started watching some horror movies. And there's some of them, like the first time I watched, um, Oh, what is it? Um, the house on haunted Hill. I really enjoyed that. And then I really enjoyed like 13 ghosts and, like there was a handful of movies like that that I really liked. And then I kind of stayed away from them for a while. And then I remember the grudge scared the shit out of me. Cause I had a job at the time where I was always going into strangers houses. And so just the concept of that movie freaked me out that you just walk into a place. And then it's like the demons like, yeah, I'm going to kill you within the next few days. How dare you walked into that place. Uh, my, my wife's really into horror movies though. And so she's always watching them. And sometimes I watch them with her and, Dude, so some of that, like, I've, I feel like I've gotten a lot better with them, but it's definitely not my favorite genre, but it is kind of fun to be scared. Yeah, it's wild. It's, it's again, like, I, I respect those that, like, love that genre and that's, like, their passion. Um, because, again, some of them are, like, just you know, fun and ridiculous. Like, for example, Happy Death Day, that was a really good movie. I, I don't know 
if that you know fully fits in the horror genre because it wasn't like as scary as some of the other ones out there but that was really fun and entertaining i actually quite liked that so you know i i i get the appeal for others but for me it's just like no i'm not paying to be scared shitless i would rather watch an action movie or a comedy or you know something a lot more light-hearted and fun um because like like you said i was the same when when i came out of mirrors like there was a mirror at the top of the top of my stairs and i was going up it one night and i was like nah 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 i, I gotta turn the light on i gotta go up these stairs and face this mirror with the light on because uh <laughs> my mind was just playing all kinds of tricks on me so nah it's yeah no nah, again it's it's a um, yeah, I, I, I just couldn't, you know, do some of the things that people do where they just go to wild and weird places. Like, I I would very find it very hard-pressed to even um do... What's it? What, you know when people, like, go, like, the underground, like, sinkholes and caves? Mm-hmm. Like, I would be very nervous to go into one of them because in my mind, I would just feel like today would be the day that the cave collapses and I'll be stuck inside. Oh, like, yeah, I'm not though, a like, fan of caves either for that reason. People would have gone through them like a hundred, like, like, oh, we haven't had an incident in like 30 years. In my head, I'll just be like, today will be the day that I will take a step in the cave, the ground will open up, I will go down into some next chamber and then just be stuck there and then I'll be on the news, local black boy stuck in the, for, in the, in the, in the cave can't get him out like no i just yeah i just can't i i i don't think i could do that that kind of stuff as cool as they look i don't i don't think i could do it i think the fear would get me and i would generally say like i i I don't get frightened easily i'm you know i'm not scared of spiders or snakes or heights but those weird situations where you know things could go wrong i don't know man Dude, I, w- I was out with my friend Troy one time, and we were out bolting new sport routes. And then when we were mm-hmm. finished up, uh, he was like, oh, hey, when I was out here the other day, I found this cave. we got to go check it out. And so we went, and it was very hidden, very easy to miss. And so we go mm-hmm. into this thing, and then it opens up, like, humongous inside, like a big room. And then there was, like, just this big hole in the floor off to one side and when you shined your flashlight down it almost looked like like it dropped down maybe three or four feet and then it was flat there again also so it was almost like dropping down onto like a giant set of stairs and then after that it was like it just kept disappearing down into the darkness and i remember troy was like let's check it out and i'm like nobody knows where the fuck we're at i'm like i'm not going any further inside this cave that's what i'm saying like you're just like it's, it's you know, saying that you remind me, I saw a video on like Facebook here yeah, where a guy was climbing, and um, I can't remember what it's called. You know, when they're like they're using a line and like they um, knock something in and tie the line, and then like use that to secure them. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, he was climbing and he slipped, and then you know the thing that that the line that he had, yeah, his I don't know if it was not insecurely or his weight, but it like snagged the line. And it fell. Luckily for him, the person that they used climbing was like directly underneath him, so he fell on top of that person. Okay, yeah, I just saw that video recently too. Um, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The guy was he was trad climbing, and so that's where you put in removable gear. And so as mm-hmm. you go, you kind of pull something out, and you have to slot it into the crack. 
and then yeah. clip your rope to that. Well, this guy fell and the first piece blew and then his rope unclipped from the second piece under him. And then the third piece held and caught him and it basically he fell and landed on his belayer. But the third piece actually held him. Okay. <laughs> Shit's like, wild, dude. It looked like he just landed on the guy beneath him. And uh-huh. if that guy hadn't been there, he, he, he was more than likely dead. Well, he'd have probably fallen. Like, if, if he'd have fallen a little bit over, let's see, it would have been to the Blair's left. If he'd have been a little bit further to the Blair's left, he would have mm. missed him. But he'd have probably stopped right in that same area. Just because oh. that's how much rope was out. Um, Boy. So when when you're in a scenario where you're lead climbing, you're going to fall twice the distance over your last piece of gear. And so his Mm -hmm. first piece of gear fell and then the second piece of gear unclipped itself. And so it was that third piece of gear under him that held him. And so he took that fall with like probably 25 feet of rope out. And so that means he was going to fall 25 feet plus rope stretch or, you know, whatever it was. So, I mean, it was that had been a fucking butthole puckering fall, dude. I mean, you can yeah. tell when his rope unclips from that second one. It's almost like he's running backwards down the wall trying to keep up with it. Oh, man, that is scary, man. Very scary. That, that's the sort of climbing I only did once. I only ever went out trad climbing once, and it was kind of scary to me. I, I preferred doing sport climbing just because I trusted falling on, like, an expansion ma- bolt. Yeah. That's, <laughs> like, been yeah. placed into the rock with, like, a fucking hammer and a wrench. And it's like mechanically held in place or it's glued in place or something. It's not removable, you know, when, per se. When you're young, young and fearless, like, you see that shit and it's like, oh, man, I want to do rock climbing. Like, that looks so cool. And then when you get older and you see it, you're just like, nah, like one one mistake here. And then that's you. Yeah, like, it's inherently dangerous. You, you can't fuck can't, up. Yeah. I can't remember what movie it was, it was yeah, but it's like it was like a family of like five and it was like a, a dad and his like, <laughs> you're talking about vertical oh. limit with Chris O'Donnell when the, is, the is dad dies at the beginning. Yeah. And he, cut, he cuts himself loose because yeah. oh, he, makes, he makes the son cut himself loose. Cause he was too heavy. That whole scenario just, is like, just bonkers. That would, would never happen. A situation. <laughs> like, you're saying that would never happen. Yeah. So there's always a chance that like, clearly they put that in that movie because it probably did happen to someone. Someone probably had to like cut someone loose because they were too heavy. It was either, you know, sacrifice the one or kill like three or four people. Like, oh man. Well, here's I, the I, wild I, part. Okay, so that video we were talking about where the guy fell in the Belair yeah. was down there. That Belair is like anchored into multiple places in the rock, right? So he's like short rope to the wall. He's not going anywhere. And Wait, sometimes it's even on a ledge or something like that. And then the climber will climb. The leader will go up and then they will anchor themselves into the wall in a belay position. And then Mm. the follower will come up to them. And so in that vertical limit movie to have three different members of this party all climbing at once, that's called simul climbing. Now, sometimes Mm. two really competent climbers will do that where instead of the lower climber being anchored and belayed, he follows the leader and he's removing pieces. And they always try to keep like a handful of pieces of gear in between them as they go. Because if one falls, it's going to pull the other one off the wall, and you're trusting that gear to hold you both in place. Now, what's whack about Vertical Limit is there was three of them. They somehow got tangled up with another party as well. And then when they all fell, it was like the dad was the one bit that was adding too much weight on, just what, having another, I don't know, 170 pounds on. Mm. And so the whole thing was just written to be dramatic. And 
when you actually know something about climbing and you watch that movie, it makes you roll your eyes, but it does make for a very dramatic scene. Because he's like screaming, you know, if you don't cut the line, your sister will die. And it's like, oh my God. (laughs) This movie's buck wild. When I saw that scene, I was like, oh my God. And I went (laughs) rock climb when I was. Because, um, you know, like, you've got like these adventure parts where you like do abseiling and rock climbing. I used to love it. Like, especially when you get to abseil down. It's fun, isn't it? Yeah, when I'm older, I'm going to do this more often. And then you get older, you start seeing some of these videos, just like, hmm, maybe I'll <laughs> give that a miss and do something else like golf. Something a little bit <laughs> safer. Uh, it, 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 it's just, like, again, I respect anyone that could do it, especially the ones that do the um the, the free climbing where literally they have nothing. Oh, the free just, soloing? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah they, that's, that's wild shit, dude. Yeah, nah, see... Again, there's levels, and you know, it's just one of those ones. I'm just like, nope. I will, I will, I will, like, I will happily watch someone do that, but doing it myself, nah. <laughs> oh, it's it's super fun. Like, I've there's a part of me that would love to go out and just start climbing really, really easy, tall stuff again. But then there's the other part of me that's like, wow, dude, you did that for like a decade without any real big injuries. Maybe maybe just stick close to the ground from now on. You know, yeah. not that I couldn't go out bouldering and fall off something and break an ankle or something. I mean, that could happen, but uh, I mean, like we were saying earlier, it's something that's inherently dangerous. But I mean, if you do do all those safety checks and everything and you're very in the moment with everything you're doing, there's no reason that you can't come home safe every day. It, it no, gets more dangerous when you're like going into mountains because then there's weather and, and like avalanches yeah. and rockfall and stuff like that that really can't be planned for. In, in a way, but for, to do the sort of shit that I would do, to go out sport climbing or something like that, there shouldn't be any problem with that. Mm. And and, and I like, do miss it. it. It's hella fun. Like, Have you seen the videos of those people that like climb like the tallest building in Dubai and just like... Yeah, you, those you, guys are fucking wild, dude. Like, and and the, oh, no, 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 they're no, doing no. it like free solo also. Um, now, the, the thing with climbing a building like that when you watch it, it's like they're doing the same like two or three moves just over and over again. Right. Mm. Because it's like the same collection of moves to get from this pane of glass, you using the framing of the building to get up to the next pane of glass. And so you're just kind of doing the same move over and over again. Whereas like actual like climbing outside, like really, especially when it comes to like a face or something like that, it's like every move is going to be a little bit different than the last one. And so there's parts with climbing a building where I think it it looks it looks harder than it probably actually is, but just still the, the sheer amount of balls it would take to, to, to go up and do that sort of thing without a rope, because it's like, I don't know. I, even though I would, I would climb and I would go out and do it every weekend. Like it would still freak me out. Like part of, part of climbing for me was having to face that fear and kind of bottle it up and put it aside and do the moves you had to do to not fall, despite having that ever present fear being there. Because it's like, if you're not feeling that sense of fear, that's when you can do something stupid that'll end up getting you injured or killed, you know? Uh, I remember there was this one dude, because I used to occasionally take uh, friends out that wanted to try it. And then after a while, I kind of stopped doing it just because there was too many instances of people being like, whoa, this was scary. Um, but there was this one dude who like took the cake where I took him out and like he had like zero fear. At all. And so he was doing stupid, wild shit 
like wanting to climb up past gear and stuff like that. And I'm like, do you understand if you somehow unclipped that, like you're just going to free fall 60 feet and fucking hit the ground. And you didn't oh. even, didn't even tell your wife where you like his wife thought he was out like scoping out for new places to go deer hunting. <laughs> and like, you know, he tells me that while we're out at the crag and I'm like, so if something happens, I have to go meet your wife for the first time to tell her that you like, please don't sue me. <laughs> By the way, your husband went splat. <laughs> oh yeah. You know you you know your husband. He's got a head full of silly yeah. ideas. Well, you're not gonna yeah. believe what he did. <laughs> yeah. You know you know when you thought he was like at Costco? Well, he was climbing a mountain. And, uh, that dude yeah. was one hundred percent Iowa farm boy. Really, really good guy, but just zero fear of heights and nah. and wow. The only, the only crazy thing that I, I will attempt to do one day is skydiving. Oh, but you've got more balls than I do, dude. I don't know I, if I could skydive. I, I think I would do that once and that'll be I would never bungee jump. Um I I Yeah, same. You know, that, too that risky. One terrifies me. I've seen too many videos of that going wrong or they pretend like the ropes nah. Yeah, that one I would never do. Um I wish I had the skills to do that, like, base jumping with the, like, parachute, you know, the gliding thing. Oh, dude, that's, like, the most dangerous thing you can do. Like, the mortality rate on that is very high. That that looks so much more cooler. And and the funny thing is, it doesn't look as dangerous. But it's all all (laughs) to do with the backdraft and stuff like that, isn't it? It's like, if you time it wrong and the wind blows a certain way, you're just going splat. Yeah, pretty much. I mean... like I said, I used to follow lots of professional climbers. Well, a mm. lot of these people that, you know, would do lots of these big multi-pitch trad routes and stuff like that, like in Yosemite, they would eventually gravitate towards doing wingsuit stuff also. And so the amount of obituaries I read of oh cl- of professional climbers that then started doing wingsuit stuff, it's it's very, very, very dangerous. And But you're right, dude. It looks badass. Like, uh, I didn't see that remake of point break when it came out but i remember watching the behind the scenes featurette in the wingsuit shit in that like I, I don't know if you ever watched that but just looking up the featurette of how they did the stunts in that point break movie the wingsuit part of that is just unreal because they're like going down along this mountain and they have to shoot this gap in between like two fairly close cliff walls and it's like you really can't predict what that wind is gonna do and you're totally at the mercy of it. And you're moving so fast that uh, there's no margin for error. <laughs> it's such a it's such a thin line. I can only imagine what a rush it must be. It's it's crazy, but nah. Again, that's that's it. Out of all the like scary, like adrenaline fueled extreme sport things, that's the only one that I would be tempted to do. Other than that, the rest of them I will watch from afar. Uh, to to kind of go back to the ghost stuff that we were talking about earlier, um, have you ever been in a place that was supposedly haunted? Have you ever had any sort of experience like that? Or like had anybody close to you have a story like that? Um, nah, not really. No, no, not nothing that, yeah, nothing that I can recall. Like, obviously, you know, I've been camping and stuff like that, but nowhere near where, like, you know, you're told that this place used to be like an old Indian burial ground or any of that kind of shit there. 
Yeah, that'd be a hard, that'd be a place that I wouldn't visit. <laughs> You're like, well, this is an ancient burial ground. I, like, I don't know if I want to go there. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I've never personally seen anything supernatural. I think everything that, you know, could have been on the surface, surface been like, was that something supernatural? I think all of it can be explained fairly scientifically. But there's this one story that sticks with me from when I was a kid that my mom and dad have this cabin that's out along the river outside the small town that I grew up in. And there was this really tall two-story farmhouse that used to sit back away from the road that you'd have to drive past to get out to the cabin. And when my mom was in high school, her best friend had her family lived in that house. And when they moved into it, the previous occupant was an old woman that had lived there for pretty much like her entire adult life. And she was kind of a recluse. She would have groceries delivered from town. People didn't really see her much. And she actually died in the house. And when my mom's friend and her family moved in, they were the next occupants going in. And one of, one of the brothers was moving into the room that the old lady had died in. And he had a door, he had the bedroom door propped open with a box and he had all of his other boxes that he was moving in, like stacked kind of against the far wall. And when he was taking one of the last loads up, the door was shut and he couldn't get it open. And it took his dad and all of his brothers help to like force this door open. And all the boxes in the room were stacked against the closed door. <laughs> and so this is on moving day. <laughs> and so then they're constantly having food go missing out of the pantry and finding it in weird places around the house. When there'd be nobody upstairs, they could hear footsteps like someone was walking around upstairs and like just weird little things happened like that. And I remember going to that house several times as I was a kid, but I don't have any memories of anything creepy or anything happening there. I just remember my mom telling me these stories about how this house is haunted and always piqued my interest, but I've never actually seen anything like that. I just would not go to that house. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, get this. The next family that moved in wanted to renovate the house. And so they were taking before and after pictures and the camera wouldn't work in that room where the thing with the boxes happened. It would work fine in the hallway and snap pictures. But when they go in that room, it wouldn't snap a picture. Dude, how, this, how creepy this is, is that? This is when I would become an arsonist, Jay. And I'm a, <laughs> I, I grew up being a good child. But if I heard that, I would make sure like no one was in the house. I'm burning that house down. Like <laughs> that shouldn't be there. Those those owners, I, I'm pretty sure my mom had said that after they renovated it, they nothing weird ever happened again. And then eventually that house was torn down, and now there's a, a new construction that's on that property. Yeah. See. Ah. Oh, see. No. And, like, <laughs> it's 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 uh-huh. intriguing, but it's so creepy. See, this is this is the thing here, because like people always say, like, oh, I don't know if it's the same, like over in um america but like if you like let's say go to like buy a house where like a murder happens it's supposedly a little bit cheaper yeah like yeah i don't know if i can live somewhere knowing like a murder happened or like something like super violent or traumatic like i, I think it was just playing my mind i just don't think i could live there <laughs> don't you live like in london though i mean that's yeah, such an old london. city that there's so much history there yeah, but as far as I know, nobody died in my house. Like, I don't like he was like murdered and like tortured or anything like that. You like, know what I mean? This like, place was built in 2013. What are you talking about? Oh yeah, no, I highly doubt that. But you know, like, 
Um, yeah, I don't. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think anyone's like killed or massacred in my house, and like <laughs> people like doing satanic rituals and stuff. Or what? I, I would not be living here. I, I told you that for free. I would not be living here. Oh my oh, gosh. My, it, my, my parents would not have a house like that in a million years. <laughs> uh, they are they are super African Christian parents. That that shit just would not fly with them at all, man. Oh, oh my, my gosh! I, I remember one time, me and Lindsay, my my wife, were were house sitting for her cousin, and they mm. had just bought this really old farmhouse, mm. and it had like a giant barn and all these outbuildings and stuff, and it was like easily the biggest house that I'd ever slept in, like pretty much alone. It was just me and my wife and and their little Shih Tzu, and. I remember at one point we had to go down to the basement for something. And I remember we were down there and I'm just like, this place is too old. It's got way too much history. I don't like being down in this basement. I'm not coming down here again for the duration of our stay. <laughs> but I mean, I've, I've definitely got that sort of imagination for that sort of shit. Um, my house that I've got now, we, do, we just have a cellar. And so it's not really, you know, like a proper basement or anything like that. It's got a low ceiling, you know, lots of, just mostly crawl space. It's basically just like a big enough open area for the utilities down there, like the furnace and the water heater and stuff. Lots of cobwebs. And uh, I've got uh, the the floor down there every once in a while will be wet. And so rather than have to, you know, go outside and fight my way through the cobwebs down the steps and just check the cellar floor, I put a security camera with, with night vision up down there so I can just check it with my phone really easily. And I don't like spending a lot of time looking at the basement <laughs> in the night vision camera because I don't want to see something, some shadow move that shouldn't be moving down there and have it then be like, oh, fuck, now I got to go down the stairs and investigate. Exactly. Imagine if all this time, like, you know, there was actually like a, a, an alternate dimension, like running alongside ours, but we just didn't have the eyesight to see it. Oh, like something and, like the upside down or whatever? Anytime, like, you know, you get a deja vu or you know, something like just a little bit out of the ordinary happen. Bro, like, oh, I just, I don't know, man. I'll just be terrified consistently. Like, especially if you're like <laughs> the only person that could see it. Like, and, you know, everyone just generally think you're just crazy. Yeah, like, what if there are constantly ghosts and spirits like that around us all the time and we can't see them, they can't see us, we all exist in the same space, but there's just certain individuals among us that are sensitive enough to see it it's like well, is that what's really going on i don't the, the whole thing is fascinating to me because the, the you know the ways the, you can bounce around the unknown part of it you again you always get these like especially with, like social media you know you always get these random stories and these random situations like and you know I, unless you like know where the source is, you can like never fully verify it do you know what i mean like i remember and again i highly doubt this is true yeah but basically like a child was born and they was like, oh, um, they could remember their past life and they had been, like, murdered in their past life. And they, like, took the police to where they'd been buried. And, like, you know, they went there and they actually found the body. And then, like, he was like, this person killed me. And then after the investigation was done, you know, it turned out to be true. And I'm just like, like, that is so out there. But what if, what if that was actually true? Like... It would just be insane. I know. It seems like it's too fantastical of a story to actually be true. But, like, dude, you never know. I mean, the the bounds of human consciousness and, and you know, what actually happens after death 
and mm. like wh- what sort of like do, do they do your dreams actually mean something is it just some random jumble of, of know- images throughout the day that your dra- brain's trying to process or what mm-hmm. if you're actually tuning into like a alternate reality version of of yourself and you're experiencing snippets of their life and that's why it feels so familiar yet it's so alien at the same time well know. here this is this is the thing especially like in the african and caribbean uh, caribbean society yeah like generally when like you know a parent dreams i, I hope i'll get this right dreams of fish it means that you know someone close to them is having a baby and a lot of the time it's the truth like people will be like well you know i'm not gonna tell our parents yet because like not hit like the three months mark and then their parent will be like oh i had a, I, I dreamt of fish are you pregnant and they're like yes and like it happens a lot in our culture which makes you think like is there, you know, is there something to it, or is it just really random? That's really incredible. Be, because if I don't know, I I I'm such a sucker. Like I want to believe. I want to believe in everything <laughs> that's mystical and and makes the world, you know, that much more of an amazing place. You know, like like I want aliens to be real as long as they're not the the <laughs> the the planet killing kind or the 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 enslaving kind. Like if it's the you know, the aliens that want nothing to do with violence that they've evolved past that shit. It's like, that's, that's fascinating to me. Like Bigfoot, like I would love for it to be real as long as I'm not finding out by him murdering me when I'm out hiking in the woods, (laughs) you know, stuff like that. It sounds incredible for it to be true, but like, I I suppose I just want the puppies and rainbows version of everything. And and how naive is that? You don't want, um, like an evil version of Superman to turn up and just f- start wreaking havoc. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no that that would be that would be a really bad deal. <laughs> like oh, the injustice yeah. version of Superman, or like Omni Man, or something like that. You know, that'll just be stress. Or no, I was I was even thinking um that little kid, the one that um oh from Brightburn. Yeah, that'd be bad too. Oh, that's <laughs> that movie was right, wild, here, dude. Here, so here's here's a question for you. Yeah. Um, Vampire, werewolf, or what's the that's the other like third thing that everyone is? Vampire, werewolf. Oh, okay, you know, I'm just saying, just vampire. if you could be one or the other, vampire, werewolf, what would you be? Okay, if I had to be one, yes. I, I'd probably go with vampire. Um, th- yeah. there was like, like, uh, like when like my my emo super metal <laughs> youth, where it was like I was super obsessed with vampires for a while. And, and just, I, I love that mythology as long as it's like, you know, like closer to like the Anne Rice version of vampires and not like the 30 days of night type vampire. Cause that, that looks fucking horrific. You don't really want to be a twilight vampire with sparkling and shit. <laughs> I've still never seen those movies. Nah, you, listen, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm going to say this for the world to hear. Yeah. I enjoyed the twilight movies. Yeah. <laughs> and that's I, okay. I went and watched every single one, like literally the moment they dropped to the cinema, <laughs> and I had fun with them. Yeah, they were awesome movies. I love and it. Literally, which there's there's one of them. Yeah, oh my days, the bait and switch in the sense that they do. Hey, my whole cinema went silent. It was epic. Yeah, no, nah, Twilight movies were sick, man. You should check them out. <laughs> nice. They, they probably aged very badly but 
yeah, I, I didn't understand why a lot of people were shouting. And I thought they were really fun movies. Maybe it's because I was like, a, you know, a late teen. I was probably like 18, 19, maybe in my early 20s while I was watching them, but I don't know. Oh, there you them. go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. There's a, a new movie coming out that I, it looks like a vampire movie called The Invitation, and that what? looks really good. Hmm. I got that trailer ahead of Nope on uh, on Thursday. Uh, nice. But yeah, I've always always really enjoyed the vampire content, but I like some of the werewolf content too. Like like I really liked the first uh, couple Underworld movies. Yeah, I just yeah, I, I really enjoyed the Underworld movies. I just I just like the idea of like living forever as long as you're like in a sense like a blaze style vampire where you can go out at daytime. You know, you got oh, enhanced, yeah. <laughs> enhanced strength, enhanced senses. You know, like werewolves for the most part, like you only really. Unless you're like, you know, again, like you're the optimal werewolf, but you can only really change like in the full moon. And they don't live forever. Like werewolves die. They they maybe age a lot slower, but they generally do die. Like vampires literally, as long as you don't get staked in the heart, for the most part, you can live as long as you want. So yeah, I've always been a massive fan of um vampires. And if I could become a vampire, that would I would become a vampire. I would like to live forever and just, you know, amass a amount of wealth and literally watch every single movie. Like <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah, there, exactly there it is. I I could watch the MCU until it completes and then wait fifteen twenty years and then watch them do it all over again. Like I could just keep on going. <laughs> I know that fear of missing out. That is that is the 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 thing that would that make like an immortal life seem something really interesting. You know, but like you said, you'd have to amass wealth. Otherwise, if it if it's just like, <laughs> like thousands of but years it, of it this shitty job, years, <laughs> yeah, the constant grind, like the, the like, imagine being on, on tills for like a hundred years. Like, <laughs> boop, boop, that would boop. suck. You'd be oh, wanting to stake yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be torture. Oh my gosh, fuck that shit. Uh, that would, That's that would too be funny. But yeah, no, you'd have you'd want to have to amass wealth, and, and and you know what? Yeah, in this day and age, yeah, to be to actually be a vampire would be nearly impossible because, in like pretty much every single like developed city, um, you know, there's like you know national insurance, passports. There's like, you know, there would be a way to track. Like, it would be very hard to like. You know, like you know, in, in the movies, like oh, over the years, they just changed their identity and like just move from one place to another. But like, you know, with the amount of surveillance and CCTV, people are gonna figure out. Especially like, where, like, how would you keep your money? Especially like, we're moving towards a, more, a, more, a lot more like digital transactions. You couldn't just have a bank account because someone would be like, "Wait, this bank account's been open for the last like two hundred years. <laughs> uh, who is this person? Exactly. Like, why is this account not be like? Yeah, it would be it would be a lot tricky to get away with." Yeah, when you were thinking the real logistics of it, it's probably a lot tougher than, oh, than yeah. Hollywood it's, makes it seem. Yeah, you would have to find some abandoned island. But then again, like, in an abandoned island, you don't get the luxuries of TV and stuff because then, like, you know, someone will be like, why is there some radio signal going? So, and again, this is where some white adventure will be like, let's go investigate. Like, there's, a, <laughs> there's an island that no one's ever been to. There's a strange signal. Let's go check it out. <laughs> like, fuck that. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then you're discovered, and then you're fucked because then they're gonna experiment, and you'll be like, "Oh, I wonder how this guy has managed to live a thousand years." Let's, you know, dissect. Why is it they always want to dissect things that they don't know? It's never like, "Oh, we discovered something." All right, cool. Like, let's leave it alone because it might be dangerous. No, let's take it like you know into civilization. Let's experiment on it. Let's hope that there won't be a leak, and you know. And then there's always that one guy that leaves the door open or does something stupid, and then the monster escapes. Like, ah, oh, it's, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm probably thinking of that because I just watched um that new Resident Evil. Dude, that Netflix. was the exact same scene in my. That is too funny. I was gonna say that was exactly me in the first episode of Resident Evil. I'm like, why are you opening? Oh like, my! A, opening something that clearly looks like a cell door. <laughs> where there's exactly. something growling exactly. inside. Like you, you exactly. deserve every bad thing that's about to happen to you. It's like, oh, it's like again. You're thinking, oh, it's just gonna be a cute little part. Like you're in a laboratory. Like, you're, <laughs> like, yeah. like oh, I, you know, I hate movies yeah, where they don't like have movies. Oh, like, yes, exactly. If, if, if something happened in this world, I'd be like, hmm. This reminds me of a, a movie that I watched called Resident Evil, and it didn't end well for them. Maybe let's not do that. Maybe <laughs> let's let's leave. Yeah, let's 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 be good kids and go home. Yeah, and go to bed, and then the movie ends. Obviously, I like again. I understand that you know for them to to move the plot along, you have to do a lot of these things, but like. I appreciate movies where there's a level of realism where they flip it around so that, like, to expand, to, to continue the plot, it's something that happens that's, like, completely out of their control. Like, opening a door to someone that's clearly freaky is stupid. Going into a secret, you know, basement, you know, that you have no business being in, again, just no. But, again, if you don't have these things, you don't move on the plot, and... You know, considering I'm not a big Resident Evil game person, I actually really enjoy that TV show. I'll, I'll, I'll give it like a taste it uh, based on the PCR rating. Um, I thought it was entertaining enough. Um, I hope Netflix don't Netflix and cancel it because I would actually like to see the season two. Um, I think that would be very interesting. Oh, wow. Um, I, I saw an article the other day that said something like, like Resident Evil is Netflix's worst show, so you might not get a second season out of it. <laughs> it's not. I've seen a lot worse on Netflix than Resident <laughs> Evil. I've seen that. I thought the special effects very... were pretty decent, and I think I yeah. watched like two episodes, and I was like, "This isn't for me." And I was never really into the games either. No, I played the first one. The first two episodes are very hot. It gets better towards the end. Ah, uh, like okay. They, they throw in some interesting concepts. And um, some more interesting creatures, and um, it, it get because yes, I, I understand what because you, you're not the only person that's kind of said that. Oh, they watched the first two episodes and they dropped off it. Um, it does pick up after that. One thing that I will say is that the um, the main lead that we're following when she's a, a, an adult, um, she's fucking annoying, man. Like she she's not a good lead. You you don't care for her. Yeah, so you, it's kind of like anytime, Rogue One. Yeah, so anytime she's in danger, it's like, I hope she dies. Like, you deserve <laughs> to die. Like, actually, everything that is coming to you, you deserve it. Like, <laughs> die. Like, die and let us follow another character. But unfortunately, 
we we don't get that. But again, by the time you, I think there's eight episodes. By the time you get to the end, you still don't like her, but you want to see where it goes because they introduce some other characters, they introduce some other concepts, um, and again, it, it's it's different to the movies, it's different to the game, but you know, not being a massive Resident Evil game fan, I'm quite enjoying it. And like I said, I I want a season two. I I want to see how it finishes. Well, right on. That's really awesome. I, well, hopefully you'll get a season two out of it then. Uh, oh. And, you know, hopefully there's other people out there that that, that are digging it. And, you know, like I said, mm. I like to see people like things. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to shit on anything that, that, that somebody else takes enjoyment out of. I, th- I think that's just highly rude. It's like, oh, you like this? Fuck that thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I try to do that as well. But then sometimes there's certain things that are bad. But <laughs> gotcha. one, that, one thing that I will say that I will give Netflix some credit for, I guess, as bad as that Death Note live action was, it got more and more people into anime. Some people that had never watched the Death Note anime watched that live action version and was like, oh, let me go check out the source material and I absolutely loved it and have then gone on to branch off to watch other anime. So, you know, this may cause some people to either go back and watch the uh, Mia, Mia Jovovich movies and um or go back to the games and check it out and maybe you know create some new fan uh new people into the fandom so you know i always for the most part respect them for at least trying and doing that because for me if it opens up the avenue for other people to enjoy things that i like it's a win like again that's why you know i know some people are saying like phase four isn't hasn't been great but like if it's if it introduces a handful of people to, you know, a superhero that looks like them or a superhero that they can relate to that makes them branch out to, like, you know, go pick up a comic book and then from there, you know, delve into the world of comic books and, you know, superheroes and stuff like that, it, it's a win. And I will always appreciate people for trying and doing that because, you know, we all have things that we like and we always want things that we want to share with people. And, Again, like I said, if it's if it acts as someone's gateway drug into into something, then it, it's done its job, in my opinion. Hell yeah, dude! That is very well said. I I totally agree. Um, I've had the best time talking with you today. I really appreciate you coming on, dude. Yeah, no worries, man. It's actually been a pleasure. And do you know what? I think maybe this is my first time on. Spotify. I'm pretty sure I, it is, dude, because I scrolled I, through past think, episodes earlier. Maybe that... I got you an episode of Bloods Are Us and we talked about your book. That could have been it. Or maybe it was just even on a different podcast or something that we connected. But I'm, I'm about 100% sure this is your Starcast debut, which is which has okay. been a long time in the coming or a long time coming. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, I I remember messaging you like a, long, a, a handful of times throughout the years going, come on, let's do it. <laughs> and so I'm I, glad the stars I, I, have aligned and here we are. I'd done it. So before before we, we, we call a wrap then, what is going on with your writing? Are you writing another book or? Oh, yeah, dude. I'm, I'm working on a book right now called The Unscarred that mm-hmm. is a fantasy story. It's it's in a, a totally different world that, that I've made up a bunch of, you know, history and stuff for. And it's uh, it's basically a concept of it, it kind of takes like the, the chosen one story. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. what if uh, this you know, what if there's more than one chosen one and, and yeah. kind of what happens when 
you know, you get these people that are all powerful and they do a bunch of shit with, with the world. And then another one comes along and it's their time. Like what kind of world is, is that left with? And, and so the story that I'm writing, the unscarred, it takes place and it's following the seventh chosen one that, that he's kind of just starting to understand these powers he's got. And like, he is wanting to fix this world that's kind of fucked up around him and in the kind of characters that, that he p- picks up with him along his way. And, uh, it's, <laughs> I, I'm hesitant to say when it's going to be done. Cause it's something that I've been working on forever. And I feel like it, it just keeps growing as I'm writing it. it. But, uh, the, the first book's coming along really well. It's already, I think about twice as long as I become death. And, oh. and this one is actually meant to just be the, the, the first in like a series of books. And it's, Oh, I, I'm so excited about it. And it, it's something that, that I, I'll share some stuff with you uh, off air too. And nice. um, yeah, um, because I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I know I'm, you liked, I become death. And that just means the world to me that, that you reached out and, and you enjoyed listen, that and stuff. Listen, I'll tell you now, yeah, if I ever win the lottery, yeah, I'm buying the rights to that. And- <laughs> because I think it would just be a fun little action film. Dude, it would be a great action movie, wouldn't it? <laughs> Not That's to toot my own horn, but it's it's right there. You don't you don't even really have to change much. You can just follow it. It's already got a, a good one, two, three act structure. It's it, it like I think if you were to adapt it, it would totally be like a feature length film. I, I think it'd be fun. <laughs> so get after it, Hollywood. Come on, tweet me at Tubby Ninja. <laughs> It would be just such a fun, especially that beginning intro where like the one guy screws up and just like, for fuck's sake, dude, why would you do that? But again, <laughs> you gotta do it for the plot. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I be, yeah, that was. I think I wrote "I Become Death" when I was like twenty nine, and so I've pretty much been working in. And also, when I wrote that, it was a distraction from the project that I'm still working on. So it's like I've been working on this fan story and like world building this this world and its history for god like half my life at this point and so it's a super cathartic process writing the unscarred and i'll be very excited to get it out and and i i'm really leaning towards releasing it in like a podcast format where it's like an an episode a week that is pretty much just like a chapter at a time and because I, I just think that'd be a really fun way to get it out in front of people. And, and, and I'm just really passionate to, to get this story out, but, you know, juggling, you know, writing and working life and, and podcasting and all that stuff. It's, it's been a slow process getting it done, but man, I love writing. Yeah, man. Like, again, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a shout you out, man. If any, people ain't read, I become deaf. They need to do it. It was such a fun read, man. So good. So good. So Yeah. Let Thank me know you so much. When the next project's out, and uh, I will be reading that as well. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. Well, uh, tell tell everybody where they can find more of you. Tell us a little bit about uh, your podcast, Blurs or Us. Yeah, so Blurs or Us just stands for Black Nerds. Um, you know, we generally try to be a weekly uh, pop culture review show, uh, as many of uh, the affiliated podcasters kind of are with uh, the Leftover Army. Um, you know, we generally talk anime, games, uh, and movie reviews. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, pretty much wherever you get your podcast listening. Um, I haven't been streaming as much, but we're also on Twitch, uh, twitch.com, uh, or yeah, I believe it's twitch.com, uh, no, twitch.tv 
um, forward slash blurs are us we're on there as well um if you have amazon prime you can send us a free sub which gives us money and will help the show so come check out come say hello and um yeah literally and then i'm on facebook as well yeah you can find me on facebook nana pratt uh twitter ace of fun and also on there as blurs are us come say hello come talk some anime come talk some gaming and um, whatever you like really and uh yeah um, very guy that won't be at C2E2 this year, but I will look to definitely either go to that again in the future, or I might look to go to um, the Comic Con in New York, as there's a, a large contingent of the leftover army members in New York as well. And the New York Comic Con is meant to be really cool as well. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. Yep. Definitely check it out, people. Uh, dude, thank you so much for coming on. Already looking forward to the next one. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. Until next time, this has been Startcast. Bye.